My guy, what's up, bro? What's good with you today, bro? Nothing much, man. Just another day. How are you? Good, man. Good. Uh, ready for episode three of the Breaking Barriers pod. Yeah, for sure, man. I just want to say before we get started that we do not own copyrights of the song that you were here playing before the show. And um, this is Mark and G, like he said, on episode three of uh, Breaking Barriers pod. And let's get it rocking, bro. What's the topics today? Word. I mean, the fir- first and foremost, bro, we got to touch on, obviously, the last dance that came up on here this past Sunday, episodes three and four. <clears throat> right, right, for sure. We can't, we can't dodge that, bro. That's definitely going to be a big topic today. So, obviously, kind of like we touched on in our second episode that we recorded on Sunday, we previewed it a little bit, talking about Rodman and how crazy and how different he was, but... Man, episode three and four really uh, put that to light. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it really, it really showed what type of time he was on, bro. <laughs> I mean he was bugging. I didn't know he was that wild. Man, they said four. They gave him forty eight hours, and he went like <laughs> three or four days. That's crazy. Like <laughs> straight partying, though. Right. I mean, yo, could and- you could you imagine during your playing career, during your NBA profession? Um, just kind of being like, all right, coach, like, I need to get away for a minute during a playoff run, might I add, and be like, yeah, I need to go to Vegas for a little bit and just, just get my mind right real quick. Man, no. <laughs> Bro, <Nah>. like. <laughs> that's crazy. That's just a, and for, that's a different breed right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then for him to come back in shape, like, what type of time is he really on? Like, he's not human. No, not at all. <laughs> and th- and then for Phil Jackson to let him do it too, that's crazy. Right, right. And MJ had to go get him from the hotel room. <laughs> Literally, man. And he ain't want to mention what was in his bed, like, bro. <laughs> right. I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I mean, like, it just really it, it blows my mind how he was living that lavish of a lifestyle, that crazy of a lifestyle, but then he was still producing dominant numbers oh. on the court. At a high level, too. Right. I mean, geez, oh, man. Like, and kind of like you talked about last episode, even dive back into it right now. Um, and they highlighted it throughout the first that episode three of The Last Dance. Um, just right. his his path to getting to the NBA. Yeah, right. It wasn't easy, though. No. So kind of like mean, you, you talked about, his mom essentially kicked him out and was like, you got to go find work. Or you can't stay up in here. Right. Yeah. And I mean... It it showed it it showed like if he put his mind to it he could be anything he wanted right you know and I think that uh you know if he could have just stayed level headed and maybe had somebody in his corner who ain't no telling what he really could have been right and I, I also man like I feel like his his wild side his craziness just made him that great of a player though. Because even they touched on how he was like, yeah, it took me, what, two or three years within the league to kind of find my role, which most players can't. Um, Right. They're too uh, strong-headed. They want to be the scorer. They want to be the number one guy. So he came into the realization that I'm good good at defense. I'm good at grabbing the ball. So this cat would literally go into open gym with his boy. He said it was just his friend or a trainer, and that he would have them just shoot shots, and he would – locate himself on different spots of the court where he could figure out where the ball is going to land, why, and how I could use that in an NBA 
setting, which is just crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you think about that now. You tell you tell um, a kid, you coach probably to do that, and they look at you like you're crazy. Right. But I mean, <laughs> that's that's just that just shows you the the uh, craziness, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. the, uh, crazy thoughts, I guess you could say that he have. But they worked for the better on the court wise. But I mean, like, wow. For sure. His work his work ethic is just different, man. But said it just shows his hunger for the game, man. I mean, yeah, like he does what he wants off the court and that's just kinda how he rocked, but between them lines, when he was in his professional workplace, he got it done. Oh yeah, for sure. And as a coach, that's somebody I want to coach. Oh for it, sure. Even with the even with the craziness, like he said I remember him saying in one part, he said, Um, no, I wanna break a bone in my body. Like I'm willing to break a bone in my body. I'm willing to give my last everything I got to go get the ball or get the stop or get whatever. Like that's just a true team player. Like he not saying I want to take the last shot or, you know, like he's willing to guard the best player. He's willing to dive over the crowd and, and energize you like the team. Like it's just things like that. Like that's intangible to me. Like I take that over somebody who could score 30. Oh, for sure. And that's the thing. Like, Kids today, yeah, they want to work on their ISO game. They want to work on their ball handling, their shooting. And, yeah, I mean, obviously that's a very viable part in today's game. But, man, if if you're a kid and you want to do the little things, you want to do the dirty work that no one else wants to do, I'm not saying you're about to end up like Dennis Rodman, but you're, you're going to get a spot on that team. For sure. You, yeah, and if you and if you can if you can somewhat score the ball and handle it for yourself, you'll land you a nice little scholarship somewhere. I promise you. Facts. Facts. I mean, Facts. and it's just it's you know it's just different. Like, I mean, you look at that team how they was assembled and they all fit each other perfectly. Like they was really puzzles. Like um, MJ was the person who could give you thirty, but he's still gonna be all team first defense. Right. And like. I mean, then you got Scotty, who's a point forward, and he still will lock you up and could score 20 and give you 10 and 10. Like, And then you got Dennis, who get however many rebounds you tell him to go get. you know. And then they got the other pieces, like, to be able to bring that team together. You right. got to really applaud Phil Jackson because, I mean, people don't want to give us credit. They say um, he was handed a, a team that was already ready, you know, but, I mean, it still takes somebody who know the game to do what he did. I mean, you look at it, they said Michael Jordan didn't buy into the triangle at first. Right. So, I mean, that's your go-to guy. That's that's the, the franchise right there. If you can't get him on board, you're in trouble. And, I mean, he bought in and look, look what he got out of his six. Right. So, you know. That's the thing, know. too. I mean, I've actually been reading. It's a novel called Sacred Hoops. It's written by Phil Jackson. Um, perfect timing for all this to go about but so it really is highlighting the last dance kind of what Phil talked about on each of the episodes so far but like you just said it took MJ about two years to truly buy into the triangle along with fully understand the triangle too because I mean there's so many little tidbits within that offense that it just really throws you off in at least an NBA set NBA setting during those times. Yeah, 33 options. They said it's 33 options out of that. Right. I mean, that's just crazy. And like like you said, I mean, MJ was the guy that could get out there and drop 30, 40, 50 points a night. And he was coming off a scoring championship and whatnot. But Phil 
highlighted to MJ that, hey, man, scoring leaders only get so far. Right. Guys that are team players, guys that are team-oriented win championships. And, hey, like you said, ended up getting them six, so I think they did something right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he he obviously got him to buy in. And if you if you think about it, I'm actually watching uh, the NBA Finals from 91 with them. I mean, obviously, it's not the last dance team, but, right. you, know, you know, they obviously running the same thing. And, um, you know, just how, it, like, it was a system. You could see, like, everybody knew their role. Um, even the, the bench players knew what they had to come in and do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could just – you just watch the triangle. Like, they just move so fluently. Like, it's just – it's beautiful basketball to watch, honestly. It really is, and it's like Phil Jackson really knew how to incorporate all guys on his roster into every single game. Now, that doesn't mean that they played every single game because obviously you can't really do that within the NBA game. Um, You can only use most coaches. Anywhere, period. Well, it's actually crazy. When he coached overseas, he used to use two platoons, kind of like how Coach Cal did at Kentucky in recent years. He kind of bought into the system as in everybody should play and everybody should get the same amount of compensation money-wise. So when he got hired over in Chicago as an assistant and then obviously ended up being the head coach, he knew he couldn't implement that. Uh, I don't think you can tell Michael Jordan that he's going to make the same amount of money as, let's say, uh, Greg Hodges. <laughs> right. I mean, shoot, like that's just not going to happen. So, like, right. Um, yeah, bro, it's just crazy, man. The the last dance is really an, an impe- impeccable series already, and we got six more episodes to go. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about it, bro. And uh, you know, I was watching Steve Kerr talk on there too, and I mean, honestly, watching the way he shaped the Warriors up, you could tell he played under him and Popovich because Popovich right. and Phil, him and Phil are kind of similar in some mm-hmm. ways. And, like, you could tell Steve Kerr played up under them because, like, he's just like them as a coach. Like, he's, like, the splitting image of both of them. And it's, like, I don't think he get enough credit either because the team he was uh, gifted. handed, gifted, right. what you you could say. But, I mean, even he had to say, like, Phil had odd ways of, you know, starting practice or running practice a certain day. But at the end of the day, it was able to bring them all together because they was all some way or some shape or form uh, wondering what was Phil thinking, you know, or they was on board or something like that. So, you know, just, man, I mean, I wish, I, I wish honestly we could have seen how far they could have went, but you know, obviously Eagles always end up getting in the way once you get yeah. to the top like that. Yeah. That's how it goes, especially in uh, this business world that we live in, you know, how it goes. Yeah, man. Especially with Bro. the media in your ear. Right, right, right. Yo, so, like, honestly, going off this topic as well, talking about Dennis, kind of how we started the show here. How about, I mean, obviously you said he's a guy that can get out there and just give you as many boards, really, as you tell him to, he's going to go get them. So how about those multiple games that were listed last night on the show where he scored zero points but also incorporated 20-plus boards? Like, that is insane, bro. He's a team player. I mean, that's the ultimate team player. Like, you can, you can hate him off the court, like you said, but at the end of the day, you have to respect him on the court because 
no matter what the situation is, he's gonna go and handle his business. Right. If 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 nobody else is doing anything, you know Dennis is gonna handle Dennis work. And I mean, look at the people he was able to guard. Like he was guarding Shaq. Um, you know MJ uh, Scotty. And, and, <laughs> MJ Scotty, like he, he was in different eras guarding people's main players, you know. So I mean like you gotta give him his respect. Where weirdo or not, like you gotta respect him, man. Like, <laughs> facts, bro, facts. I mean he he did his thing with the bad boys in Detroit, got traded to the Spurs, didn't do too too much there. But then Jerry Cross wanted him to come over to Chicago and honestly the rest is history there. I mean he kind of really brought it to light that, like, Phil Jackson just let him be him and that allowed him to play his best game. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's a big thing within a coach-player relationship for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because if you feel like you're tamed or somebody's holding you back, it's over. You, right. You're going to struggle. And sometimes if you feel like you got – it's a gift and a curse, I could say, too, because sometimes if you feel like you get too much freedom, you, you – uh you want to get tested, especially if you're a gifted player. But at the same time, if you're a player like Dennis, it can help you because, um, you know, he's free and he know, like, he may not be accepted, but they know that's him at the end of the day. So he don't got to fake for nobody, you know. Right. And that's just, a, again, a testament to Phil Jackson on, um, you know, just being a coach, a player's coach and not trying to be a, a coach's coach. Right, right. I mean, dang, like, it, it's just so crazy. Like, I, I really do, I like, I came into this series, came into our podcast, really, wanting all 10 episodes to be released right now. But honestly, <laughs> bro, a, as it's going, I kind of like just really focusing in on two episodes a week and kind of just waiting and waiting and waiting for those next two to come out. It just builds the suspense, and it makes me think more, and it makes me analyze things more, which obviously is very very important when learning the game studying the game playing the game coaching the game definitely bro and you know i've been uh you know like i said last podcast i've been trying to read up on uh the coaches that i'm familiar not not i wouldn't say familiar with that i i want to be familiar with that i really look up to with their statue or what they did right and, um i was reading on phil jackson and i i read that uh, you know, with him saying how he let everybody play to feel like they're part of the team. And then we go on to hear Dennis and Steve and everybody on the last dance say the same thing. And then, um, you know, I, I wanted to also ask you, what did you think about Dennis when he said they wouldn't have won without me? I mean, that's facts. I think so. I mean, like he really, okay. When, when Scotty was hurt, they went through that little uh, dry spill there. They were, trying to figure some things out and then MJ and Dennis really uh clicked. They kinda were the, the main duo per se during a couple couple games there. And um bro, I mean you take Dennis off the court, it's a completely different team. He's an intimidator, he's a rebounder, he's the heart and soul of that of that team. I mean, obviously MJ does what MJ does, but like I just can't see them winning six without Rodman. Yeah. I mean when he said it, I laughed at first because I'm like, all right, yeah, you you is that dude when it comes to defense and rebounding and doing what the team needs you to do. Uh-huh. But at the, at the same time, I'm like, 
I don't know if that's true, but then I had to really sit there and think about it. I mean, because they had a – don't forget, they had a great bench to come in behind them. They did. But at, at the same time, you got to think about he bringing 20 rebounds by himself. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's not like – that's not like MJ and, and Scotty combined. That's him by himself plus what MJ and the rest of the team is bringing. So, like, you know, you got to agree with that in some tests. And, and everybody – this go back to our very first IG live together when I was saying, please stop comparing MJ and LeBron. Right. Everybody want to say how this person won with that, this person won with this, but even MJ keeps saying he know he wouldn't have won without Scotty, and he know he wouldn't have won without Dennis. Mm-hmm. So that for him to be the main guy who has all six finals MVP, for him to be able to admit that, that just tells you how everybody was a testament to being one. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, that speaks volumes. That's the thing. Like, I mean, MJ knew he was that guy, but it really comes back to him maturing and Phil Jackson implementing that team oriented basketball and allowing MJ to be like, all right, let me take a step back. Let me, let me average 30.1 points per game instead of 35.1 points per game. So I can With get a couple them more ranked. assists. Right. I mean, it's just, I, I, I'm really gaining a very, very high respect towards Phil Jackson from reading his book along with watching The Last Dance. And it's just, it's, I'm always trying to learn, man. And I, I, I want more people that are listening to our podcast as well. Obviously they can learn from us, but tap into other outlets too, whether that's social media, whether that's books, whether that's watching 30 for 30s on ESPN. Oh man, bro. Listen, man, just be a junkie for basketball. Right. At the end of the day. That's all. Um, yeah, that's all it is. I mean, it's crazy you said reading books. Like, I mean, you know, people get bored. But like, I don't want to read. I, I don't do that in school. But like, man, you never, you never know what reading a book really do for you. Like, it opens up stuff. And like, if you really love what you're doing, like, it opens up, and you see it as you're reading it, as if you know, you could picture it just like you watching that right then and there. And reading books take re- expands your mind far away. For sure. For sure. That's the thing. It's like, I mean, think back to our like our middle school, high school days. School is just, I mean, I don't know, man. It was easy. Like, didn't have to do too too much. At least in my experience, compared to my college and graduate years. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. That's definitely so. Like, whenever I had to read a book for school, like you said, I was like, man, I'm not trying to do this, whatever. But if I was able to pick what I wanted to read, I always was reading a basketball book. For sure. Oh yeah. And if you're reading something you enjoy, it's not it. It's like anything, man. It, it goes by fast. You like it, you flip through it, and you learn. So. Yeah, for sure, bro. That's oh. definitely true. That's all. And but yeah, uh, man. What's the next? What's if you ain't got nothing else? What's the next topic? Um, kind of a couple more things about the last dance quickly. Um, I just wanted to highlight. I really, really enjoyed watching Scottie Pippen clamp up Magic Johnson for ninety-four <laughs> feet. <laughs> I didn't know he was like that either. I knew he yeah. was a, I knew he was a high level defender, but shoot, full court, bro. Yeah, bro, he's like that. Like I like I said, I'm watching, I'm watching it right now. I'm watching the '91 Finals, and I mean, him and Michael, like you could you could talk about duels all day, but you gotta definitely put them at one or two max because right. I mean, you know, people gonna have a day uh, duels and whatnot. But I mean, I'm looking at it, and Michael was in foul trouble. And he's guarding Vladi Divas. And he's like seven foot. Yeah. 
think, but he's locking him down, you know, and he's getting boards over Vladi. Like, I watched MJ jump over him, like, three times off of a box out. And, like, you know, Scotty's locking up magic, like you just said. So, like, I mean, you know, them cats smell blood, they go and get it. I mean, 6-0 in the finals, never went to a game seven. What more did they need to prove, honestly? Right. And even that, like, how about when the Chicago Bulls uh, strength and conditioning coach was talking about when they came back after losing that finals of appearance and they all got in the weight room. And um, that was really the first time any of, any of those guys took weight training seriously. Now, right. how about how about when he'd be like, all right, MJ, give me six reps and dude would give him 12. Like, that's just – that's stupid. Like, <laughs> how you go from like, – like, you know your arms is dead. Any average person's <laughs> arms is dead. Right. He go and do 12. Like – that's that's that Mamba mentality, like, and that's right. what Kobe got it from. That's what Kobe also got it from, right there, like, you know, and you know that's why he did what he did, bro. Right. And that's why they all did what they did because, I mean, that just tell you what type what type of players they was and what type of team it was, and that's why they won the three peat because I mean, who loses and goes and start lifting right after the day after everybody else, right. Everybody else normally go and sit in a man cave for a month with the with it all black, crying about it. Like, man, that's just different, right? But right, that speaks right. volumes to Phil Jackson, Scotty, and Michael for all setting that mentality that we not cool with losing, and we know we right there, and we got to go get it and not cry about it, right? And man. I also got another question for you too What's up? about that. Hmm. Uh, did you get to see Isaiah Thomas? Uh, uh, comments after the fact on ESPN. What about LeBron and KD? Nah, he was uh, talking about MJ. He said he didn't know that MJ actually felt that way. He said he thought that the beef was just on the court and on the court only because he's seen MJ multiple times and it was cordial. <laughs> oh, man. No, I didn't even see that. Shoot. I mean, yeah. hey, that just shows MJ's tenacity to win, bro. I mean, Low-key, I have people that I played against in middle school, high school that, like, I mean, obviously, I was never in the NBA, but, and I'm a nice guy. I'm going to say what's up to you, but deep down, I'm like, eh, I don't really mess with this dude. Mm-hmm. Low-key, it's just, that's just how it go when you're a competitor, and MJ was the competitor of competitors, so it, it doesn't really surprise me that he still has that hatred towards IT. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't see how Isaiah don't did. I feel like he he just trying to be a smart dude. Like he you is. can't tell me you ain't you can't tell me you didn't think MJ still uh, kind of liked you. Like come on, man, y'all beat this dude up, <laughs> right? Like yo, well, that's that was what, different, like, man. I mean, when he was talking about obviously when they walked off the court after the Bulls beat him, they didn't shake hands with the Bulls and whatnot. Um, right. I actually didn't know that a couple years prior to that when they kind of knocked the Celtics off of that top-tier Eastern Conference placement that the Celtics did the same thing to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that because I watched um, the uh, 30 for 30, actually, on Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, right. that rivalry. The Cel- well, the Celtics-Lakers rivalry, and I've seen that when they was talking about it. So you It was think, crazy. You think that IT had a rightful um, go-about towards that? Like, was he... Like, hey, they did it to me, so I'm gonna do it to them, type of thing. Um, yeah, and no, right? Because honestly, um, 
I ain't gonna lie. I hate losing just like the rest. But I feel like I'm not trying to say I'm literally them or I compete at a high level like them because some of the stuff I hear they did or do or their mindset is that I'm not at Kobe or MJ's mindset. But I will say I hate hate losing like them. So I will say, uh, you know, sometimes I don't want to shake people's hands. Right. And and to to play it off and really be able to just, you know, not show them how mad I am. I'll just smile and, you know, really say something like, good game, great game, way to play, you know. But deep down, like you said, I'm like, man, I really, I'm really thinking running back. Right, right. <laughs> and and even as a coach to this day, like, I still think that. And, like, to be honest, I coached fifth grade this year, and that's the mindset I kind of put in my kids. Like, there was games we let slip, and they was just like, man, we coach, man. Like, you don't even got to get on us. Like, we know what we did, like. Let's run it back. Like, that's mm-hmm. how they really thought. Right. Know, so, I mean, I don't know. But at the end of the day, you was a champion, two-time champion. You should be more mature mature than that and just, you know, swallow your pride. Because at the end of the day, when y'all was beating down on them, they still shook your hands. Right. And they, they went back and, sh- and showed it. You know, they Sorry. went back and showed it. MJ, MJ went and shook their hand and still had respect for them mm-hmm. enough to say, good game so you know not to make a a, a long story out of your question but nah, bro. i, I mean it's it, it just comes down to sportsmanship man i mean i just can't envision myself doing that or telling any of my players to do that to just kind of walk off and not show love to the team that beat you as much as i would want to you can't be doing that that's just that's not it that's not it. right me me either bro um end of the day I mean, you know how we was brought up in baseball, and I know Coach Mancino came up in that same era. Right, as all our as all our baseball coaches. So I, I know he brought y'all up the same. But uh, you know, I know for sure baseball. Like we, if we don't shake our our opponents' hands, no matter how bad you beat us, our coaches was coming and grab us. They was bringing us right back to the dugout, making us shake everybody's hand, and yelling at us right in front of your dugout. Facts, you know. Hey, that's how and, it go. And that's, I respect that, though, because, you know, I feel like that shaped us into who we is. And, you know, I feel like we'll bring everything back the way it is to a program once we uh, tap into something. For sure, for sure. So uh, getting off the last dance a little bit, um, still incorporating it a little, little tad bit. But so I sent you this on Twitter yesterday. Um I was seeing a few discussions on there. Obviously, all the basketball gurus, quote-unquote, were talking about, is it easier to score in today's game or back in the 90s? And now a lot of the comments were saying, like, oh, I mean, in the 90s it was way more difficult. Um, the bad boys were knocking MJ off his feet anytime they could. <laughs> I mean, they were throwing their body at him left and right. And in today's game, superstars like LeBron, like KD, like Harden, they get superstar love. They get superstar protection. Now, that definitely is a factor in today's game. (laughs) Dudes get calls that some others might not get. Um, But my overall outlook on it, bro, is you put LeBron in that era, you put KD in that era, they're still going to do their thing. And kind of like we yeah, talked on, sure. we don't we don't like comparing eras too too much. But when I see something like they wouldn't be able to score in the nineties, that's just come on now. That's absurd that's because just, I come mean, on. it don't matter how much you hate LeBron. LeBron is a, a flat out hooper, right? Now will he bully people the way he do now? 
I don't really know because they they play defense flat out. You know, like they wasn't allowed to slack on defense, right? The way and the way they do now, and people was definitely wasn't intimidated back then, right? As much as they is now. So I mean, he was still gonna be LeBron. I mean, he he'd be as big as the centers. You know what I'm saying, weight wise. And that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, and he was gonna have to battle with people like Dennis Rodman. You know, Thanks. so he he was just gonna be. He was just going to be LeBron, and KD was going to be Kate. Like, you know, people, they was just going to be themselves. Like, for them to say they can't score, that's just absurd. Like, that's the thing. It's they don't like, know basketball. That's it. It's like, I, like we talked about last last episode, I try to not read into all the nonsense commentary that's on Twitter, Facebook, and whatnot, but some of it is entertaining, some of it's funny, and then some of it I'm just like, all right, like, I got to talk about it. It hurts your soul. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, man. <laughs> That's what, like, I, I seen stuff like, oh, like, there was so much hand-checking in the 90s era where that's not allowed today. LeBron and KD, they kept obviously highlighting LeBron and KD because they're the two top players right now. But they're saying those two wouldn't be able to handle all the hand-checking and they just wouldn't be able to play their game. And I, that, I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me. Uh, I, I put like this. I put like this, bro. Yes, the defense plays a major factor because if you look at it now, the defense was mad more physical right. back then, of course. But if you ask me, uh, LeBron and KD could still score 20 and 30 if they want and back this generation. But I I will honestly say if, LeBron, if uh, MJ played in this era, I feel like he would score easy 40 to 30 every night. Yeah, I think And so. that's just... That's just, you know, he could easily crack a 50 season, the whole season, if he want, wanted to, honestly. I mean, look at, look at what James Harden do on a nightly basis. Right. You know? And if MJ was able to just have the rock in his hand 24-7 to just go. Oh, man. I mean, just... And look how efficient MJ was from mid-range. I know you saw that one picture they put on Instagram on um, um, ESPNs with MJ's, like, splatter. It was a splatter of uh, – all his mid-range yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, like, you see how efficient he was? So, imagine that in today's game. Because Kawhi, if you look at it, Kawhi is kind of showing us flashes of MJ right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know, bro. You know, like like we said before, I don't, I don't do that comparing generations, man. They they just great where, where they at. Right. And they showing us things we never saw before, and they showing us – different things in different generations. And I'm just glad and blessed and appreciative that I get to watch good basketball, man. For sure. And, you know, that's why this hiatus that we on right now is like kind of making me want to pull my hair out. Cause you know, I'm used to watching live basketball, not the same ones I could keep rewinding. I know. I know. You know. Hey, we just gotta stay safe, stay safe, keep it going, stay positive and go from there. That's all. That's all. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure, bro. Within reading all that, though, one guy that came to mind that I think would really, really play well in today's game that he dominated that era as well. But I feel like a lot of people would write him off in today's game, but I think he would play very, very well. Who's that? Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Oh, now, yeah. Listen. Bro, the thing is, like, he could just stand on the perimeter and snipe. Bro, he's <laughs> – listen, they be sleeping on his first step. Right. They definitely say he had a quick first step. Like, 
and he's six eight, six nine. He could definitely post you up. Right. Like he's really, he could really be what Dirt was. That's it. And but a faster, like, a, a faster person. Right. And like my my mindset is it too. Like he might not be as flashy as he was back then, just based off all of the non-existent ball movement in today's NBA. But yeah. he would be getting his easily. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And, I mean, listen, man. Larry Legend was that dude. Right. Straight up. So, I mean, That's you know, we can have a whole debate. Right, We can right, have a right. whole debate on these airs. But, I mean, end of the day, they they where they at, I guess. Right. So, uh, <laughs> leaving the 90s ball to the side, let's get into today's game a little bit. Um just kind of following up with the NBA, what we were talking about last episode. So originally, the practice facilities in states where the um, social distancing, the restrictions and all that were kind of being lightened, hence um, Florida and Georgia, the NBA facilities were supposed to be reopening this Friday. Now, right. that's kind of not happening anymore. Um, so... The president of the Atlanta Hawks, and he's also the general manager as well, he came out flat out and said, nah, like, we're not opening our stuff, <laughs> regardless of I what the guidelines that. are. I respect that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm interested to see um, what other states kind of go about now and where the league goes with an individual of that high power pretty much saying, no, like, I'm keeping my doors closed. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, because uh, I just got a notification earlier that said Steve Kerr said, you know, he's talking to his players and they basically feel like their season is over. Right. You know, like, just to hear that, that kind of make you, like, just, like, heartbreak. Sick to your stomach. You know, like, they're they're in the heart of it. So, like, for them to say something like that or feel that, I mean, that gives you no hope. So, I mean, of course, we stand prayed up. Like you said, we stand safe, keeping our hand sanitizer, sneezing in our arm, on deck. Our forearm, all that, <laughs> you know, doing right. all the safe stuff so we can get this this whatever over with, man. You know, right. just get to it. But And that's um, what, like, so you know, they were supposed to be open up this Friday. That's not happening no more. But the NBA came out with something all, like, we're going to delay it till. May 8th, which is next Friday. And they came out with a few uh, few protocols within these reopenings as well, stating that players are to wear masks at all times unless when they're performing physical activity. So obviously when they're working out on the court, in the weight room, whatnot. And that if they are working with staff, those staff members have to be wearing gloves and masks at all times. And every individual within the facility has to be 12 feet away. <laughs> so, like, how, how, am I wor- how am I working with you if I'm 12 feet away from you? If, I, if I'm a trainer. Right. Like, I might as well just rebound for you. That's all you can do. <laughs> Honestly, because, like, if you... Why, wait, hold on. You're going to tell me I'm going to spot him from 12 feet and he over here with the bar <laughs> on his neck and I, <laughs> and I got a uh, social distance and help him with the bar on his neck from 12 feet? That's it, bro. I don't know. Hopefully, he gets he, <laughs> he gets crazy. me twelve. <laughs> bro, I don't know. Oh man. Yeah, it's just it, it's obviously crazy times, and like 
I was kind of excited about all these places reopening, but then it really just hit me truthfully like, man, it's just not safe. It's not time. It's not because we don't got no for sure time limit on it. Like we keep saying, if we had like, I mean, of course it'll take two weeks to get rid of it, but it's like, okay, we get rid of it somewhere. It's popping up somewhere else. Facts. And, and you know, it's just an ongoing thing. And it's like, how long can it really last? And then when we finally do get rid of it and we think it's all gone, um, you know, is it really gone? Is it going to be the next question? And then we got to play the safe. We got to play the safe role. Like, think about it. If they, if they do have a season and they do what they do, um, they're not going to have no fans, of course, the rest of this year. But think about next year. Like, will they have fans again? Bro, I don't so even like, know, man. It's just nothing within the basketball world or the world world really is going to be normal until a vaccine comes out. And, bro, it, ta- it takes 8 to 12 months for a true vaccine to be formulated, tested, and distributed. So we're, uh, yeah, we're, in, we're in for a little little downtime here within our our normality i guess you could say but yeah man so that was just our little nba update so obviously like i said next friday may 8th a couple of facilities might be open but we'll keep y'all posted with that um the next thing bro i want to talk about is uh, one of the top point guards entering the collegiate season this upcoming season Dacian Nix actually just decommitted from UCLA today to go forward mm-hmm. with the NBA G League route following suit. Right. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you know, when you sent me it, I really wasn't surprised. No. Because, I mean, like, that's the new trend. I mean, I think I saw another notification where they was talking about college kids could get paid, but I didn't really read into it because I know the college ain't trying to pay the kids no time soon. Bro, that's the only you know, way. That's the only way the NCAA is going to stay relevant. I mean, we we talked about it previously I mean, it on, on other episodes. I mean, dudes that need a couple years to mature, produce, to do whatever they got to do for themselves. I mean, obviously the NCAA is still a legitimate route to pro ball, but if you yeah. got it right now, man, and you need money or anything like that, just go to the G League, go overseas, go get yours. That's that's how it's going to be from now on. And honestly, the G League, I mean, overseas for a few years, that will not hurt. Like, you don't got to just jump from overseas straight to the NBA. Right. Like, the NBA could be your, your goal, but look how long it took Brandon Jennings to come out. Like, right. the NBA is always going to be there, no matter how long you take. Like, it's, it's going to be there, you know. And um, the crazy thing is, uh, how dope would it be if your boy LeVar just turned up to JBA and, and get – that rock and, and you know kids could get produced there for two years and, and get to the NBA you know right right I mean we talked about it last this is episode, the opportunity but yeah man it, it's gonna come back don't don't sleep don't sleep <laughs> hey it's, it, this is the opportunity now since the uh, NCAA don't want to wake up and pay their kids right I mean shoot because I mean hey it is what it is it is bro I mean so now that new the new G League like training team obviously. They got next top point guard. They got Jalen Green. They got Isaiah Todd. I mean, who's next, man? Like, one one of our favorite <laughs> players going to one of our favorite colleges could be like, all right, I'm out too. Yeah, and I, I'm scared. Brandon, uh, Boston gonna do that. 
That's my Kentucky. favorite high school player right now. Yeah, that's my favorite high school player right now, man. Out of Sierra he's Canyon. Nice. Yeah, he's smooth, man. I was just going to say, like, he's smooth as heck. Yeah, like he reminds me of Brandon Ingram for real. That's yeah, crazy. That's facts. But that's a smoother facts. version with a better jumper. Right. But that Kentucky I mean, I, team is I, about to go crazy, but we can talk about that in another episode, too. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. For sure. What's another topic we got? Yeah, so staying in the college realm, too. Um, actually, uh, a local kid back in Western PA, um, William, Je- William Jeffries from Erie McDowell High School, committed today to the University of Pitt. And, bro, I'm excited as heck. No lie. Me, too. Yeah, me too. I want to see how he do out there. I seen that was the um, highest pick. I mean, not pick, but highest uh, recruit they got in a while. Yeah, it's the highest recruit since, what, Stephen Adams in 2012, I believe. And it's like the fifth fifth highest recruit in the last, I don't even know how many years of pit basketball. So it's really, really crazy. Um, it's a very big, big um, grab for the pit organization. Obviously, Coach Jeff, oh, yeah. Jeff Capel came from Duke, and he's trying to really turn that program back around because, I mean, when we were kids, man, like 10, 10 years ago, really, Pitt was a top-tier basketball school. Yeah, LeVance Fields, uh, uh, who else? Uh, DeWan Blair. Sam they Young. Was cold. Ronald Ramon, man. Yeah, I love that team, bro. Yeah, they was cold. I remember watching they, they went to Elite Eight. They lost to my boy Jay Wright, uh, Villanova. Scotty Reynolds, um, man. Yeah, that was back in 08, 09. Yeah, uh, yeah man. man. That's the thing. Like, Pitt, Pitt's really coming back to light. And it's like, it took a couple years. Obviously, Kevin Stallings did his thing with Pitt and kind of really messed up there for, what, two years. And now Capel's uh, at the top of the realm. And he's bringing us back. Um, just oh, a little, yeah. little oh, highlight on yeah. Jeffries, bro. I mean, he's a 6'7 combo guard. Not to mention, he's only 16 years old. He actually is wow. graduating high school in three years. He's taken that route. So he took classes throughout his summers to allow him to graduate early and get his collegiate career started right now. That's crazy. Bro, 16 going to college? <laughs> That's lit. <laughs> Yo. That's lit. Bro, when I was 16, I was a sophomore at Kennedy Catholic High School. Excited that I was able to drive to and from school. <laughs> you know what's crazy is he's trying to hit that draft by the time he's 18 oh for sure that's the thing he'll stick around for a couple years just to mature his body and overall feel for the game and help Pitt I think really transcend back yeah. into a top tier program but he'll be out of there in two years oh yeah cause you know you can't go into the draft of course till you're 18 right. and you know, uh, you know that, that coach you know he could he could talk a good game, man. Like you said, he was at Duke, so I mean that that puts him in a a great spot to get some recruits. You know, if he could start putting these teams together, man. I mean, right, and it it really like is a step, big it's really right a big grab for the sense that keeping kids within state and keeping kids at home, as a lot of, a lot of people like to call it. So I was kind of, uh, oh, I guess you could say, upset when. Oscar Shoeboy and Maceo Austin didn't commit to Pitt. I would have loved for them to go there, obviously. Didn't happen there. But <laughs> with Jeffries going there, now he can kind of influence other local kids within Western PA and the entire state of Pennsylvania, really, to stay home and go to Pitt, man, get it jumping. 
Listen, man, you should have known Mason Oscar was not going to no pit. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, Capel, he went to Kennedy Catholic and talked to them straight oh, up. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, as Coach Cow did, too. Coach Cow was out in uh, Newcastle, man. I know. Man. But, you know, I mean, you know, wishful thinking, bro. Right. <laughs> that was me. I was like, oh, man, like I can get some kids from my high school at Pitt. That'd be tight. <laughs> Oh, man, bro, for sure. <laughs> nah, yeah, that'd be dope, though, if he could bring something back and just, uh, you know, put Pitt back on. Because, I mean, we we not – we were an hour from Pitt. Right. Back in our city. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it would be dope to see them do something. And, of course, see Duquesne do something because Mace is out there. Mace, you know, sincere. Sin, yeah. You know, they, they did their thing this year, man. I mean – Sin been balling since he he got there. Though. Right, so, yeah, I mean, he he's tough, man. I seen them actually play out here in D.C. and they were really getting after it. I was impressed with Sincere's overall game. He's so strong, bro, man. He's, he's he's smart though, man. Like his finesse game is crazy. Yeah, he's tough. He remind me. He remind me how uh, his shiftiness remind me of Kyrie a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, a shout out to Will Jeff uh, heading the pit out of Erie McDowell. That's just top grab for us, man. I'm excited for that one for sure. Um, yeah, man, turn up out there. We got to tag him in this. So we gotta we gotta try to tap in with him, get him on here, bro. Sure. That'd be wild. Hey, I played against him two summers ago. Maybe he'll remember. He was tough, man. I mean, yeah. he was a freshman back then. He was dogging dudes. I was what twenty twenty one, twenty two years old. And he was still giving Man. dudes buckets. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's a, this is another topic too. But you know, like we, I was talking to somebody. Man, you know, this generation is different, bro. Like they are, bro. <laughs> we like we we weren't bad by any means, but dang, I think we we uh we skipped the whole height thing too. We skipped the height, uh, you know, <laughs> abilities to do some things. It's crazy, you know. Like, but I'm I'm not hating. I'm I'm happy for all these cats. You know, facts. Just, Hey, Just now, now we're do, able man. to be on the other end, though. We're, we're able to highlight them. We're able to educate them and coach them. So, to each his own. Bro. Yeah, that's, that's dope. All. That's all. That's dope, though. I mean, hey, I don't mind getting a ring for coaching. Me neither, bro. Me neither. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Yo, but did you um did you happen to see Aaron Gordon's diss track toward, towards Dwayne Wade? I didn't hear it, but I read the uh, thing where he said – uh, I, I I ain't going to quote it because I don't, I don't remember it quite frankly, but I saw right. the quote, how he dissed him. But then I, he came back and said D-Wade told him he liked it, and he told D-Wade that he liked his wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he so said like, he guessed they all right. Man, I mean, for y'all that don't know, I mean, I hope you know, but Aaron Gordon, quote-unquote, got robbed from the NBA dunk contest this past year by Dwayne Wade, who – Gave him a nine out of ten for jumping over Taco Fall, the tallest player. In so the what's NBA. your? <laughs> what did he get robbed? Huh? Sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me now? On if you got uh, robbed. Just, I so what's your thought? I mean. Low key, yes. but then again, I feel for Dwayne in the sense that he didn't get it on his first try. 
if Gordon would have gone on his first try, that's a ten, no jump, like True. no, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. But I still probably would have gave him a ten, just because I mean, shoot, he jumped over Taco Fall. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta look at how tall Gordon he is. Oh. Yeah, Taco Fall. You know, I mean, not how tall Taco Fall is. You got to look at how tall he is, man. That's what I'm saying, yeah. I might like, have had to give him that 10. My, my first because, instinct you know? would be like, eh, he didn't get it on the first attempt. But then again, this dude just cleared. Yeah, that's just so wild. And that's, that's what, like, Taco Fall. it's kind of funny, though. Like, I know, obviously, everyone has a lot of downtime right now. And Aaron Gordon does, too. He's chilling. Obviously, the NBA is not going about its normal day-to-day uh, workforce here. But... It's just, it's funny, like, he has all this time, and he ended up coming out with a diss track about losing a dunk contest. <laughs> like, are right. you are you like that bored, or, like, I mean, <laughs> like, it's funny, it's cool, but it's like, dang, like, what, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Forget that board or you that butt hurt. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you a quick question, bro. Not to get off topic. Not to get so uh what's your thoughts on players who don't really uh what they're, play they're only for trying ranks, to get there? I'll say. So I'm I'm not gonna Yeah, so I'm not gonna put the money in there because obviously besides playing the sports you love, you play it for money. But what about uh, you know, players just playing just for like dunk contest. Uh, that's the thing. So, like, contest, actually, Phil Jackson touched on this a lot in his novel, too. Like, there, there are guys that play the game to win the game, and then there are guys that play the game to make money. Um, so, not everyone wants to be that right. sidekick. Not everyone wants to be that guy that makes the extra pass to win said game, to win said championship. Whereas, there are guys that, kind of like you touched on, Literally just want to get up in the league, get popular, get their money, win a few personal accolades, and retire. Now, I mean, I, I get that. Like, money is the name of the All game. Right. Money is the name of life, really. But if you're a hooper, bro, like, you got to try and win some <laughs> as a team. It, it's it's not all about me, man. Like, that, you can't oh, yeah, like sure. that in any any team setting, any sport, any work department, anything like that. So to answer your question, uh, nah, like right. I, I've coached players that were all about them and they wanted to get um, X amount of points per game. They wanted to get X amount of assists per game because their mom and dad would give them something because they did so or just random stuff like that, man. You know, you know how that go, but that's just, <laughs> that's not, that's not how it should be to some extent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> nah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I think that touch on just us being old with the game. Uh, you know, just I mean, look at look at us. We twenty four right. years old. Talk about we read books. <laughs> you know, like people probably think we're crazy, but like that's I think that's just how much knowledge we want to know for the game. Um, because you know, no, I not say, at all, bro. Not at all. That ain't easy. You know, you 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 go from playing the coaching. Or just period, you got to learn the game all over, and you got to know how to be able to bring like so many egos together, you know, and, and um, you know, just the the game period. It's like I don't know, kids nowadays they don't look at it like 
or people, period, they don't look at it like if we win or if we this or that. They just look at it like, all right, I'm going to get mine yeah, and whatever else happened, happened. Like, I, like I, I, I be arguing with kids nowadays, like not arguing for real. Like, I be joking with them like, well, you lost by 20. They be like, well, I don't care. I got mine, my team, Dookie. Like, to hear kids talk like that, like, it irks my soul because, like, I right. That, I mean, man. players like, that think I'm so like that team or talk like that everything. showcase that they truly don't care about the team as one, and they're trying to just benefit off their own like likelihood, really. And then where did that get you? Not the far. End of the day? I mean, hey, if uh, if Michael Jordan, arguably the best player to ever pick up a basketball, was able to accept a team concept, I think I think third graders, fourth graders. 12th graders, college players can uh, adapt to the same mindset. <laughs> and that's how I feel, bro, because I be trying to tell my kids all the time, like, they be uh, mad about a mistake. And I'm like, do you know how many times LeBron and Steph Curry and James Harden and KD and all, and all them stars that right. you know could put their head down when they mess up or miss one shot? Like, that's part of the game, like. And that's that's what's wrong with this generation now. Like they so used to being told yes or right. this and that. Right, that right, right. And that's my the thing way too. No like way. if y'all want to hear a little bit more man. about that, about kind of transitioning from being a player to into the coaching role. If you want to hear us kind of just express our personal stories on that topic, along with just kids in today's generation, really tap in with our first episode here on Breaking Barriers Pod to kind of gather a better understanding of what we're kind of spitting about right here on episode three. So. For sure. And tap in with our YouTube Thanks. Breaking, uh, breaking Barriers Trainer. You know, that's our right. first ever right. pod, but it was IG Live for the fans. Right, so we'll, we'll so, get back know, to we'll IG Live we'll eventually get the views too. Up I know a lot of people have been asking me personally, at least, to hop back on there, but we're trying to grow our uh, grow our seed, per se, in this whole podcasting realm first and then we'll tap back in with y'all on there so show love show love on here right i was gonna say and show, show love on here and now we'll kind of <laughs> give us a little push them back to hop back on insta too so but um one thing too i want to talk about real quick nice. bro is lonzo ball leangelo ball and Lamelo ball bro Signing with Rock Nation. <laughs> Signing with Rock Nation. I swear Nation, to God, bro. I was just about to ask you about that. If you wouldn't have said that next. Bro, that's lit. I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah, if, y'all, if you, you don't know that, what Rock Nation was. is, that's obviously, crazy. it is rapper Jay-Z's sports management company. Um, he oversees the likes of Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, Markel Fultz, and now the Ball Brothers. So, <laughs> And if y'all don't know, Fact. G is... That's- the ball Those brothers are my boys. Hey, that's what, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, spinning off this little little tidbit we're talking about now, in the coming episodes, we are going to be having a Junior Basketball Association, a JBA, a LeVar Ball player on the pod here soon. So stay tuned for that one too. But um, so talking about this real quick, bro. Yes, I mean, so Jermaine Jackson, obviously – Mello's personal manager he was the one that kind of brought the news to light um within the whole media world and uh a quote that a quote that he brought about that i want to read to you is wow he said that the basketball game is about to change 
they're going to create something totally new. They're brothers from the beginning, and they're building this from the ground up. They're not going to separate from each other. So, bro, I mean, to me, that means they're sticking with Big Baller brand. Wow. I think so, but there's a twist to it. You think so? So, obviously, too. So, wait. So, wait. Yes. They sign with Rock Yes, Nation, so that's so their yeah, That's as their sports agent. agent. Okay, then. Okay, then. So, no, but see, that's okay, the then, twist so still here. Now, Jay-Z is also the creator or the creative director of Puma Basketball, where obviously a couple months ago it was rumored that hmm. LaMelo Ball was offered a $100 million deal with a private jet from like an unknown sporting company. Now it's 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 coming to light, bro. I mean, there's been a lot of like, wow. little uh, antics that are saying that that was Puma that was uh, reaching out for that offer, and now Lamelo's signing with Rock Nation under Jay Z. So, I think, what's up? So here's my thing, though. See, that's Where the you thing. Think so that's big baller I think in It's Puma's gonna be him, a co-brand. So I think that. Bro, so hear me out, hear me out. So Ooh, it'll Puma I don't know, though. I don't brand, know. Obviously, and Big Baller brand will be kind of like a little bro. And I don't want to word it like that because my, my uh, explanation here might make you mad. But it's kind of like a, a Nike to Jordan, per se. So obviously, obviously, obviously Jordan is a very top-tier oh, brand okay. in its own. I respect that. We can't forget that it is under Nike. So I kind of I feel like that's what's gonna happen here with Puma and Big Baller yeah, Brand, but right. I don't know, bro. I don't know. Ah, that's a. I mean, I respect that, and I understand and see where you're coming from, but the only problem I got is not with what you said; it's with Lavar, and I love Lavar. Before anybody go and quote me on this <laughs> and make it seem like I'm up here dogging him because I'm one of Lavar's biggest fans on how he back his kids and don't let nobody else take no credit from his kids. He give his kids day credit and he's actually in their life because he could be right. out of their life and people could be, be talking about how he ain't this and that. Now you <laughs> want to discredit him because he in their life, but not to get off topic. I just can't see, I can't see LeVar, uh, you know, I know that's a big business move, but I can't see him like right. going uh, into business with somebody else on something he started, bro. No, his, that's, his that's definitely a valid point. That's ego. definitely a valid point. I mean, I, I don't know, bro. I mean, obviously, we got to just wait and see. But in the in the recent months, LeVar's just been laying low. He's been kind of cool and staying out of the media. I think he's been learning from his new uh, team over there at Big Baller yes. Man to kind of just shut up and be quiet for a bit. Let, let the boys do their thing, and everything will kind of fall into place. So. Right, and that's the problem, bro. He had too many yes men in his corner, and uh, at the same time, he was trying to get on the scene. Right, and I see why he did what he did at first to get on the scene. But now, as you said, his kids is kind of paving their own way and putting their own light on right. their own. So I don't really think he has to really do as much as he did. But I will say, um, man, I I kind of want to know his reaction, and I want to know like how he took them um you know doing what they're doing as far as signing with this because i feel like he would support that right but then i want to see like what he right bro i mean we'll see i mean i'm I'm sure uh, a big baller brand move is going to be made here 
either before the draft, directly after the draft, sometime soon. So, obviously, we'll be keeping you all posted up on this podcast because I got I got to throw in my BBB talk every episode. So, <laughs> so yeah, bro. I mean, even within that little article that For JJ sure, came man. out with, he stated that Melo's just been focused on training with Lavar and only Lavar. And I think that that shows some uh, shows some love to the fatherly son thing too, because there was some there was some talk that Mello was saying like kind of yeah. forget forget pops I'm trying to do my own thing but at the end of the day man they're a family they're gonna stick together and do what they need to do to benefit as a whole so yeah I mean at the end of the day you never want to see family beef because that's all you really got but um you know. You know, just um, I just you know, like you said, it's it's good to see he back working with him. I just hope that if he don't or none of them don't choose to sign with him as far as with the shoe and anything else, I just hope he don't he try to sit off. there like he was in the episodes on Facebook before. Um, yeah, saying if you don't sign with your family, you choose another people. You're a right. traitor. I hope he don't do that because I mean, these are boys, man. You know, yeah, yeah, you started it, but you got to think of how traumatic that is on how much Zoe lost out on. Like, you got to think about how old he right. is as a young man making this much money already. So it don't matter if you're his dad and he going to be good with or without right. that money. That was his money that he earned on the court while he was out there. So, you know, um, you know, I just I just hope everything could be solid between them right. because, you know positive vibes where everything is always the key and, and you know you can't just pout and cry about it if you don't get your way in on Lamelo's, and you only got one father so you know you just got to cherish that no matter if you don't respect his decision you go can kindly there, let yeah. him know i mean then, you know, just handle it from there and go on with your day funny like i i feel like jello is sure. making the most out of this though right i mean like obviously he's in the g league he's making his way up <laughs> yeah. shout out to him for continuing the grind and whatnot but I mean, he he's kind of just getting tagged along with sure. the bros, and that's not a bad thing. But he he he's he's making out. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, in reality, right. not all of them was gonna be something like like the, the like the like his dad was making them. He was they wasn't gonna be that. I should say I'm not gonna say they wasn't gonna be nothing. I should say it wasn't gonna be what their dad was making them. But they still are hoopers you know he he got more flack than he should have first of all for doing what he did when he went over in china that messed him over because he could at least went to ucla and became at least late first round second round pick but because he did that and his dad already messed him over with being so loud everybody wanted to see them fail even if teams did think he was right they didn't want to take him because they didn't want to have to deal with their dad you know, and I, like you said, he know he got Jermaine who played in the NBA, right. so you can't tell nobody who was in that situation what's going to occur be, from being on the outside. So, you know, and plus his other team, as far as with his merch and, his merch and stuff, you know, I like you said, I think they calming him down. So, um, you know, he won't be in Melo's way. And, you know, I just hope Melo do his thing. I hope Jello get in the league. For sure. So he can for prove sure. everybody wrong because I'll be and a true a, underdog. That's, that's the thing, bro. It's just uh, and with the Ball enough. family signing with Rock Nation, it's it's a positive thing. So that's kind of what we want to end on here. Um, before we really uh, log sure. off here on episode three of the Breaking Barriers pod, 
kind of like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, we do have a potential interview with a JBA champion. Um, not No names disclosed here yet, um, so stay tuned with that. And then we also are going to be having a graduate assistant at a Division One school tap in with us as well. So if y'all want to hear a JBA champion, if y'all want to hear a graduate assistant within a Division One basketball program, Keep keep listening to us, man. We're gonna keep dishing out the content, whether that's me and Mark talking here or bringing in others, man. We're just trying to get it done any way possible. For sure, and we ta- we trying to bring out as much content as possible. So you know, uh, we're gonna always have topics because me and Bro tap in literally right after we get off the podcast. We're, we're we talking about the next. Episode. Just talking about something else or a new topic. So this is how. Hey, for sure, for sure. This is how this is how in tune and in depth we is with it. And you know, honestly, I'd be hyped every time I get on. You know, because this right. is, this is a nice little hour and some for change sure, out of my day. You know, to just talk about basketball and tap in with with my boy. And uh, you know, the fans always ask it for something. So you know, we just ask that y'all just give us true love and authentic love, man. Just tap in with us, share our stuff. Uh, you know, sh- shout us out. Follow us, all that you know. Follow my boy uh, on Instagram at GZ Hoops. Jerzak. Jerzak uh, ten. What is it, Jerzakar? Uh, yeah. For at Instagram, yep. and then same thing on IG. I mean on Twitter. My bad. And then as follow as far as my IG, Breaking Barriers Training. Yeah, bro. And then uh, hey, same with all, thing with on all this being Twitter. Said too, you know, um, what we touched on last. At the end of our last episode, we were trying to implement a breaking barriers question of the day or question of the episode. And I actually got one for you today, too. So my boy, Andrew Fry from my master's program over at Gannon, reached out to me. He's a strength and conditioning coach. And his question was, will strength training or hypertrophy training negatively impact a player's shot and or performance? So hypertrophy, all it is, bro, is just muscle gains. That's all. No. No, it won't. Because if you lift in and you go shoot right, right after, you shouldn't have no problem because that's all muscle memory. Um, you know, I will say um, I had to do it a couple times. Me personally, Facts. I didn't agree with it, but that was me being an airhead. Like, like I said before, if I knew then, but I know now, it'd be a different story. But I was always so quicker than everybody, or I could always get where I wanted. I kind of didn't really feel like, in my opinion, being an airhead once again, I didn't need to lift. But in reality, you know, I could have used it. But the couple times I did was in high school. My coach tried to get us to do it uh, for mm-hmm. a little bit, and we would go and shoot right after. And like you know, you shoot it out you don't feel that pain as much. You're still going to be sore because you lifted. You worked out muscles. But at the end of the day, you still got your form exactly. and your shot because you got your muscle memory. So, you know. No, yeah, story, I agree. Long I mean, story short, obviously opinion, being in the exercise so. science opinion, world bro? myself, we've talked, me and my buddy have talked about this a lot. Um, now, the thing about it is I don't think kids from like what, second grade to truthfully, eighth grade, ninth grade should be throwing around heavy, heavy weight or weight at all. Um, I would, yeah, I was going to say I would implement more body weight training, push-ups, push 
anything you can kind of do around the house, kind of like we're all doing here within this quarantine madness. But uh, in regards to just strength training negatively impacting a player's overall performance, no, not at all, man. Um, kind of like you said, I wish I would have uh, implemented the weight room into my training regimen a little bit more throughout my high school days. But like you said, I was kind of more – Nah, like, I'm quick. Nah, I play soccer, basketball, baseball. I don't got time for that. I'm going to just use my overall skill set to do what I want to do. Um, right. But within the college game, pro game, obviously, all those dudes are lifting crazy. They're training their bodies inside and out. And to keep it short and sweet, Andy, no, that does not negatively impact a player's shot and or performance. And thanks for the question, bro. Appreciate you for listening to us. Yeah, for sure, bro. And whoever tell you that it does uh, change <laughs> everything, tell them to stop playing the basketball. Stop playing a game of basketball and just watch it because right. they don't understand. LeBron lifts before every game. He don't, of course, he don't go up there and lift a right. thousand pounds. But LeBron lifts before bat a game. So you think about that. You lift normally. People lift before practice. Different. Or before open gym, he lives before a game. You know, so I mean, if that right, effect, if somebody right, tells right, you right. that changes it, so change just kind of like Andrew you know, threw out a question for us today, but, man. Um, you know. Anyone listening tonight, throw us throw us a question for next episode, man. We we kind of like having y'all tap in with us, and we can talk back and forth about it. And one final shout out, I I do want to mention. Cole Cable, um, he actually made our new graphic here for our podcast. Um, unwillingly, man, he's been listening to all of our episodes on Spotify, Instagram Live, whatnot. And he's been showing a lot, a lot of support, a lot of love. And he actually just was like, hey, I, I want to make a graphic for you guys. Like, do you mind if I do? And I'm like, I mean, hey, go do your thing, bro. And he, he did a great, great job on it. And just shout out to you, bro. Thank you so much. And for appreciate sure. you. Yeah, man, we appreciate Thanks. it, and uh, you know, that's authentic love right there, man. We're we're, we're appreciative. We never take it for granted. People Cole Cable, so, uh, Cole. You know what's his name again? Because I don't want to get it wrong. Yes, sir. I'm I'm a post Cole, that new man. Photo Shout out to you, Instagram. bro. I'll Shout tag out to you, him, man. So everybody, show him a little bit of love too. For sure, man. For sure, to go tap in and follow him, follow everybody, man. Yeah, bro. I, I no, think that's uh, all she wrote for episode. It three. is what it is, bro. For sure, man. That's another episode of Breaking Barriers Pod, featuring my boy GZ Hoops, and uh, you know another great.